of it's happenstance, some of it's strategy, you know. Uh, I love to plan, but it doesn't always pan out the way I hope. Yep. Um, I'm a big planner. Uh, but when I'm strategizing, so here's the thing that I really like to look at is growth potential, right? So if I'm looking at a field, at an industry, is the industry saturated? Is it a new industry? Does there, is there an opportunity for growth in that industry? And if, it, if there is, then that's the industry I want to move out first. The one that I believe has the highest growth Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools, helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to speak with entrepreneurial business leaders and influencers, really just hearing their stories of both challenges and successes as they've grown their, grown and scaled their businesses over the years. So today's guest I have with me here is Casey Stubbs, and he is the owner CEO of Trading Strategy Guide. So Casey, first off, welcome to the show and, and hope all is well these days. Yeah, everything's great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. So really uh, appreciate your time and everything, but tell us a little bit more about Trading Strategy Guides. What's, what's going on? What's your role today these days in business? Uh, so just a quick overview is, uh, the company's been about 11 years old. I started in 2008, uh, just thought I'd try starting a website, see how that would go for me. It worked out pretty well. And since then, now I have about five or six websites, many different brands. I've scaled to a team of about 30 people and we're, I had my highest year in revenue this year and not to say I'm just wonderful and that everything's great, but uh, it's gonna be over $2 million. Uh, a lot of challenges on the way, but I've learned a lot along the way also. And I think that's really the the key there with most entrepreneurs, because like you said, it was just start off with a website. It's something really easy to do. It's in a lot of ways kind of easy to get there. But yeah, we tend to learn by trial by fire more than more than more often than not, put it that way. <laughs> so true. So tell me a little bit more about your background, because I, I believe you were you started off military, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I got out of high school and I went to college for about uh, one semester, and maybe two, two semesters, and I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> just too much for me. And so there was an army recruiter in the hallway and I said, take me away, get me out of this place. I hate it. <laughs> and so I got out of there and uh, I was really glad to, to leave school. <laughs> well, and it's, it's not a fit for everybody. I actually saw it. A survey the other day saying that basically for entrepreneurial kind of business leaders, less than 44% actually had any kind of college degree and even fewer than that was business degree kind of a thing. So that's, it's definitely not the, not the story for everybody. So it looked like you were, what did I say, nine, nine plus years there in the military? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love learning. I just don't like doing it in school and the military was a great learning experience. got to be around a lot of great people. Uh, got to travel a lot, which is a really cool thing. Uh, traveling and experience different cultures teaches you a lot as well. Um, but I did that for about nine and a half years and got out. And I was always doing stock trading on, uh, 
as a second source of revenue. Okay. Um, but when I got out, then I got into the construction industry in 2008. That was a big downturn. Uh, no construction. You know, there was the mortgage crisis and just it really dried up. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to just start a website and share about what I'm learning in trading and see how that works for me. Because I couldn't find a job. Yeah. I tried everywhere. Yeah, 2008 was was definitely fun. We, we faced a lot of changes there as well. But that's kind of one of those unfortunate sides of business is there's always going to be up and downs as we sit here and record this right now in the middle of still trailing edges of, t- of 2020 and the pandemic kind of stuff going on. So what is it about the, the stock trading side that drew your interest? What, what kind of, how'd you turn to entrepreneur on, on stock trading here? Uh, well, I have been an entrepreneurial always. It's just been exciting to me. So when I was 16, my dad got me started into it by, he, I was a computer nerd and he needed uh, to get his charts on the computer for the first time because they used to look at them in the paper. And then in the 90s, when I was in high school, they went online and he's like, hey, I don't know how to use a computer. Help me set these charts up. So I'm like, okay. And then I saw these charts. I'm like, what is this? And I got really excited about the stock market and got have been doing it ever since. But really, if you look at uh, the, the billionaire list, which I am kind of strange, I like to follow that list. The guys like uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and Bill Gates and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, those guys all got there through company ownership and through stocks. Uh, that's how a lot of wealth gets created. And so, uh, you know, that got me excited. I wanted to see what those guys were doing and what I could do to, uh, to ride their wave. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, that's, that's honestly one of the reasons we're putting this together in the first place is just saying, okay, what, what's that mentor? What's that other example that you can sit there and follow kind of a thing? Cause you don't always have to to reinvent the wheel in business. So walk me through uh, starting a website to now being a, a 30 plus person company. What, what's, what's the, what, how did you end up from, from zero or from one to, to 30 there? Uh, so I, I obviously had no idea what I was doing uh, and a little bit of luck was involved because I'm writing some articles online and uh, it was easier back then to be honest just because there wasn't as much competition on the internet. And so I wrote some articles and people just started showing up and you know they say, if you build it, they won't come. Uh, that, but in my case they did. And I just started to get a lot of traffic and, uh, didn't know how to turn it into money. You know, if you get a website, you got two problems, right? Problem number one is, can you get traffic? Problem number two is, can you convert that traffic into money? So I accidentally solved problem one with traffic and it just started coming. And then I had to figure out how to make money, but people just started coming to me and say, Hey, I want to put ads on your site. Oh, will you sell this for me? Oh, I have this product. Um, and so I was shocked, uh, because somebody said, Hey, uh, I have this product. Would you try to sell it? And it was a trading product, uh, education. And I sent it out to my email list and I made like $15,000. And for a guy who, from my background, not having a lot of money to make that kind of money, just from sending one email, my mind was totally blown. Yeah. So what is, again, kind of looking at the, the growth of the business, what where have you got, uh, I know we talked about a little bit beforehand in terms of people coming in, how, how did you go about building that? And where did you, where'd you really hit the need to say, hey, okay, this needs to go beyond just me. Uh, and so the main thing I could probably do is do the solopreneur thing. A lot of people like to do that, but 
I'm a go big or go home type of guy. And so I have these goals. I keep my goal sheet sitting right here on my desk. Uh, you know, I want to hit the $20 million mark. So I sit here and I read it every day. And uh, that's why I drive to make it bigger. And because of the need, you know, a lot of people don't understand the financial markets. And I'm a big believer in helping people accomplish their goals and it with finance and investing. And so that's why I added the team uh, just because it's bigger than what I can do on my own. And I need people to help me do the things that I can't do. Yeah. So what really was kind of that catalyst? Was it just the goals or what was that catalyst to say, hey, I'm going to go hire that next person, hire number two, hire number three here? Uh, well, the, the best thing is I got really, again, fortune hit my side. Uh, I, the first guy I hired was really tremendous. And I, he just did such a fantastic job just having him on. He was a young college dropout like me. So we kind of had a lot in common. Actually, he started working for me and he started making pretty decent money. He's like, I'm not going to school because I'm not learning what I'm learning for you. So I'm quitting. We had to deal with his dad. Uh, but he's 10 years later, he's not regretting it one bit. But uh, he just helped me grow the business because when you get the right people, one little business secret is if you're, if you get the right person, he'll help you grow or he or she, uh, if you find somebody that's, that you have to push or that might have potential, but they don't have the drive and they're not, and you're trying, it's like swimming upstream. You're spending too much time trying to motivate. And I'm not a motivational coach. I just want to find good people and let them loose. Yeah. Make my vision big enough so that they can grab a hold of it. And there's big enough vision for both of us. Now that's a couple different keys there. Yeah, good. But it's uh, the idea, like you said, it's looking for, you're not hiring for skill set necessarily. You're hiring as much for the motivation, as much for the personality as anything. Skills because, can be taught pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. You can teach the skill side, but you can't necessarily teach their, their mindset. And, and the idea again, of having the, the vision in place that they can buy it into and, and be a part of there to, obviously help with that mentality, mentality, drive them forward with that. So both of them. Yeah. I heard Tony Robbins say one time that uh, out of all the people that he's worked with, coached and interviewed, because, you know, he's known so many people, he said the number one thing that all of them have is hunger and uh, they have drive and they want it. And uh, if you, you got to find people that have that hunger. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so that's interesting. So tell me a little bit more about, um, Obviously, as you're going, there's a, there's a difference between having two and three people kind of the thing versus having 30. What, what's, what's different or what's changed in really your role in the company and, and the way you're doing things now then versus now? Does anything jump out at you? Yeah, probably the biggest thing is stuff starts to fall through the cracks. You get overwhelmed. You get really busy. You're trying to, as on a personal side of things, you're, when you're managing a lot of people, you try to manage everybody. And then the next thing you know, you're not me I become the big, uh, the, the log jam because yep. I'm trying to put my hands on everything and nothing moves forward. It's like, what's going on? You know, you're working all the time. You're, you feel overwhelmed and then you realize that you're the problem. You got to change. So in order to get from, I would say zero to a million, there's one thing you got to do. And then you've got to go through the change to get from a million to 10 million. And then you got to change again. So I'm in the process of going through that change myself and, uh, I would say the biggest thing is understanding your business that it's a machine, right? And you have to work it and set up the right systems. And then just because you set up a system doesn't mean it's going to work. You have to then implement it 
and then you have to monitor it. And I do these things called feedback loops. I think they're really powerful where you ask questions, you get the positive results, you get the negative results, and then you, you fix the negative and you do more of the positive, right? So you just keep building upon itself. You just build this machine and you're slowly constant improvement and you build a system where you're reviewing stuff all the time, everything's systemized and you don't just build it, but then you review it and you say, okay, well, this worked this month, but let's change it. And you're always tweaking and that's the way to get uh, rapid growth over time. Yeah. No, that's, and it's definitely the key, like you're saying that the, the systems, the tools you had in place for, like you said, zero to 1 million, definitely different from, from one to two kind of a thing there as you grow that it's, I think they say that as a, a manager, you're typically not supposed to have more than six or seven people directly reporting to you. And so all of a sudden you had five or six initially, and now we're going to go beyond that. Now you got to start adding layers and things like that. It definitely adds to the, the complexity. So having those kind of systems in place is really critical there. That is true. And uh, I, that's one of the problems I had and I've gotten better just cutting back who I'm working with and then the people that I'm working with, I'm trying to get them seven people to work with. Yeah. Get them to step up. So in looking at that, what would you describe as kind of the, the key characteristics or something of somebody on your team? Like you said, you're looking to have them step up and now turn into a leader instead of just a, a frontline worker. What, what do you, what are some of the kind of key characteristics you might look at there or you look at to say, okay, this person, this person could handle leading some people or managing people, whereas this person, not quite so much. Uh, the biggest thing that I look for is being proactive, right? I would rather have you go in and do something and make a big mistake and make it really terrible than sit back and wait for me to tell you what to do. Um, I have people that they just, you got to work on them. They got to they don't want to take action, right? They no, don't want to no. do anything. It's more like a fear-based thing rather than wanting to, to take action. So being proactive, trying to make things happen and Hey, ask me questions, you know, don't be afraid to ask me questions, but uh, I'm looking for people that make stuff happen. And uh, it, if you're just sitting there waiting for me to tell you what to do, you're not going to be a fit. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So looking kind of, uh, forward with with your business and the end of the future kind of a thing what what is what does things look like obviously you said you've got goals and stuff in place interested in sharing those or willing to share anything there or what's the future uh, like so business? my ultimate goal is there's multiple but uh, on the revenue side i am working towards 20 million dollars a year i want to uh, continue to build out and really empower thousand traders next year to be successful in their trading. Uh, so we're working with our clients, helping them to get successful and coach. So our, our goal is if we can accomplish the part where we're making people successful, then the revenue part will come. So we focus on the product, on the people we're working with, and then just the revenue will come. Uh, but in addition to that, adding more team members, adding more brands, and continually work on our marketing systems, on our customer relationship systems, on our support systems, on our product development systems. I mean, everything we're just wanting to really uh, put the pedal to the metal and, and see what we can do next year. So clarify me for, or clarify for me a little bit, when you're talking about different brands, different websites, stuff like that, is that still the same business and you're just doing different, uh, target market niche kind of thing? Or are you doing different business lines? Well, I ha have one business and then 
I have expanded different brands um, underneath those. Uh, similar to what you would see a bigger company do. I'm not a big company, but there's just different niches that you, the more I found the more targeted I am on something specific rather than I'd say, okay, I'm just dealing with anything in the markets, but okay, I want to talk about stocks or I want to teach these people about options. I'm going to teach this person about cryptocurrency. And so we create one brand focused on each one of those areas uh, and really dive in and become experts in those areas and try to uh, build a brand in that specific industry. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause you, obviously I wasn't sure if you were trying to juggle that many businesses or whether we're really just targeting focus, focused on the niche there. So what's your, um, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't jump right out of the gate with, with all those different brands or all those different target niches. What's, what's kind of been the catalyst of saying, okay, we're going to add a new one or has it just been kind of happenstance or was there more strategy behind it? Uh, oh, some of it is strategy. Uh, one of the key things that I like to look at, some of it's happenstance, some of it's strategy, you know. Uh, I love to plan, but it doesn't always pan out the way I hope. Yep. Um, I'm a big planner. Uh, but when I'm strategizing, so here's the thing that I really like to look at is growth potential, right? So if I'm looking at a field, at an industry, is the industry saturated? Is it a new industry? Does there, is there an opportunity for growth in that industry? And if, it, if there is, then that's the industry I want to move out first. The one that I believe has the highest growth potential. Let's take a look at an example in business. We look at like electronic vehicles, electric vehicles. We see Tesla as the leader in that industry, right? And there's a lot of growth potential because now they're the first ones in there. They're a leader. And now everybody else is trying to scramble and catch up with them, right? And there's still a lot of opportunity for growth in that industry. And so when I'm looking at an industry, I want to find one that has the highest growth potential. And then ultimately I want to try to be the leader in that industry so that I, so that others will follow me and they'll have to scramble to keep up. No, that makes sense. Okay. So um, looking back kind of really at the, the business side there. So you're talking about obviously the goal setting, the planning kind of a thing there. What is really when, when you're growing out the company, when you've added these managers, kind of going back to that, how are you basically tracking or how, how are you keeping a sense of a, a pulse on your business there? You're talking about the different tools and processes. Can you dive into anything more in terms of a management style or how, how you work with, with the growing team and the growing number of people? Uh, so I think measurement is really important. Metrics and monitoring those metrics. And so the first metric that's really important for business owners to get to the next level is tracking your bookkeeping and your accounting. It's cash flow management, it's projections of cash flow needed, uh, revenue projections, and just having a really good sense on your, on your numbers. When I first got started, I didn't do that at all. And it's like, okay, I'm making money, this is great. The next thing you know, I'm broke. It's like, well, how does this happen? How did I make so much money and I'm broke? Well. As I've grown, I've learned that the most important thing is to keep track of those numbers and to really have a pulse on them. So I'm, I'm getting daily reports, financial reports every day. I have a team that puts those together and it comes across my email and I read them every day. I have my team members read those reports and then my team members have objectives they got to hit. And it's again, it's that feedback cycle. Okay, well, you hit numbers in this area. You didn't hit numbers in this area. What do we got to change? What do we got to improve? But constant evaluation of numbers, holding your team accountable to those numbers. 
Yep. So what are the kind of numbers? Obviously, everybody thinks of financial and unfortunately, a lot of people just equate that to bank balance, but still beyond financial, what what other kind of numbers or what other kind of metrics are you trying to do? You, do you see value in from your team? Uh, so the in, in my business, so I'm, I'm an info marketer and I have software. So I teach education. I sell information uh, and we do software, too. But the most important metric is our customer relationship. Um, and so we have to track, okay, how that does turn into financial numbers eventually, but it's a metric. Okay. Well, how's our relationships? How many customers are we, are, new customers are we getting? How many customers are we taking from point A to point B to point C? Uh, how our review systems that we've set up to get positive reviews. We, the review system is really powerful because we're monitoring the metrics. We're like, okay, did you like what you got? Yes. Okay, then tell me what you liked. Okay, so then we're, we, we catalog that and we just do more of the yes. Oh, you like this, you like this, we're gonna do more of that. Oh, you didn't like this? Okay, no, what did we do wrong? Oh, we have this, this, and this. So it's that feedback. I'm getting the negative and the positive. I get it from my customers. And so just implementing that, uh, those metrics have been really powerful. So tell me a little bit more about that because that's, that's really obviously tying into the pulse of your customers, tying into the pulse of your customer base to, to drive the business. But is that just kind of online surveys? How are you doing that? And what kind of frequency or anything like that? What, what, how are you, how are you uh, cap capturing that pulse? So whenever I grab a new customer, we begin a new relationship, we put them in a 30-day customer sequence, right? So the first thing is we share our vision. Uh, I really want customers to connect with our vision and not everyone's going to connect with my vision, but I have a six core value point. It's like, look, I want to get people on this team, people that have the same kind of beliefs that I have. And I'll just be like, you might not fit with this and that's okay, but this is what we believe, right? So I send them through that. Then I send them through all the training did you use this training? Oh, no. Well, here, come back and check it. Get up, go back to point one. Oh, okay. Because if they don't use it, if they don't apply it, it's not going to help them. Uh, and I just keep going through the cycle. Uh, and then on the end of the 30 days, I send an email that is a review. Did you like the services? So it happens to every new customer. It's an automatic sequence. And so we're constantly doing it totally automated. And then at the once a month, we have a team meeting where we review all of our reviews. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, it's really the importance of that. I like what you're saying actually about the vision too there, but still the importance of trying to keep the pulse on. I'm trying to keep it understanding, but yeah, really having them bought in on the vision side. What, when you're looking at that concept of vision or that concept, how is that impacted or do you use it at all with your, your actual hiring? Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally use it. I'm looking for people that I, when I'm hiring, I'm casting a vision and I'm hiring people because my mission is the same with my customers as it is with my, my employees, right? I want to help them fulfill their goals. So when they, when they get to the final stage of the interview, we have a whiteboard in my office and I say, Hey, in five years, what does your life have to look like to be a success? Right. And so I just keep hammering them. They write all these goals on the board. Like, you know, they want to raise a family. They want to increase their uh, investments. They want to buy their first home. Right. And we write it all down. And it's been amazing because it's really having an impact on their lives. Every interview that I've done, people are like, wow, I've never done this before. This is great. And they take a picture of it with their phone. And then for a good percentage of my employees, they come back and they look at it and they accomplished everything 
on their list that they did during the interview. And then they share that as a testimony. Then I bring them in and when it's the hiring, I, sh I they share that as a testimony to the other people to be hired. Like, oh yeah, I accomplished all my goals when I got hired here. <laughs> So do you bring that back and talking about your feedback loop? Do you bring that back a year down the road or two years down the road kind of a thing just in, in I would say more of a review process or a, an ongoing something with them or is that typically? Uh, absolutely. It's like, hey, do you remember those goals? You know, you're on on point with them. You're doing this. You're doing, you, you made some progress here. Let's work on some other areas. You know, how, how's it coming along with you? You know, I kind of look as being a, the boss is uh, kind of being a father at some regards, <laughs> trying to help everybody along. And just I, sometimes I get into their business a little bit just to, we're small enough where we can do that, where I can just, uh, you know, help everybody look at things from a different point of view. Yeah. And that's, that's really the, the nice, I'd say one of the benefits really of being the smaller, the entrepreneurial kind of company is you really can be in a lot of ways a family, but yeah, I've, I've heard the comment before from multiple leaders of, yeah, it's, it's like we're being parents sometimes that you've got to have, you got to have the fun, you got to have the celebration at the same time. You got to have some of the, the discipline and the, the accountability kind of stuff in there as well to say, Hey, are, are you living up to either living up to the goals and the vision of the company? Or are you living up to your personal kind of goals, holding you accountable on some of those sides as well. So it's, I've, I've heard that person, that parent kind of analogy before, and it, it does resonate for sure. Yeah. And I, since I have nine kids, it's not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of experience. There. I'm used to it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, looking kind of, uh, looking forward, obviously, like I said, we're at the, the end of 2020 here. What's your perspective from a business standpoint, obviously, like we talked about early on pandemic stuff going on right now, a lot of businesses kind of up and down, but what's your kind of business perspective looking into the new year? Uh, so I'm going to be really uh, focusing on the relationships because with my particular, I think things are tough right now, to be honest. I think that people are struggling. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out of work. I think that uh, things are really tight and tough. And so that can make it harder to get new customers. Uh, and I'm experiencing that. Uh, so that means I need to really take care of the people that I do have. And so I'm focusing on my relationship process because I can, with the financial side of things, we can help people invest. We can help find good stocks. We can help them create a second source of income. So in the tough times, uh, if we work on the relationship and we help people execute, uh, we can be a really big help to people and that will help our business. Uh, but right now I've got to watch all my expenses, watch my my customer relationships uh, be really on point with cash flow. Yeah, no, the customer relationships, and honestly, that's yeah, things are tight right now, but still, that's that's a key going forward. That okay, if if nothing else, you want your customers to be your biggest uh, advocates there, and in talking to their friends, kind of a thing. So you always want to manage that that relationship just from a, a referral perspective, if nothing else. But yeah, focusing on that because a lot of times people will look at. The, the new customer acquisition kind of a thing, really focusing, really working there. It's like, okay, don't forget about the ones that are already in the door there. You, you got to almost build them as much, if not more kind of a thing than focusing on the, on the new side. Cause you don't want that. Most businesses at least have a, a longer term relationship. You don't want that constant churn right there that, okay, you invested so much to bring them in the door. Don't let them go right out the back door at that point. Yeah, Jeff, I've, I've learned that lesson the hard way. Um, and I've seen how, just how hard, you can't run a business that way. Short term, yeah, you can get all these customers and then they leave and it just doesn't work. Uh, yeah, long term. yeah, long term, it's, it's not a great one because if nothing else, like I said, they're 
they're not leaving probably with the best attitude or the best uh, right. thought of your business. And, and that's, they that's say not a negative sure. uh, a person will tell two friends the good news. They'll tell 15 the bad. <laughs> and these days on social media, they'll, they'll tell the world right there. It's yeah. just, wow, okay. So social media's got its challenges there. So going back uh, a few years, whatever kind of a thing, what's kind of your best tip, your best strategy that, hey, if I had known this five years ago, known this, whatever, that I would have done things a little bit differently kind of in my journey here? Uh, I think for me personally, and some other people might be able to relate to this, some might not, but for me personally is to focus uh, as an entrepreneur and a guy who always, like my, my, my personal description of myself is the go-to guy and that I can do anything. And so I always would say the yes man, you know, I can do any, yes, 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 yes. So as I've experienced, my thing is to focus and to say no. And remembering saying no, if I say no to this, that means I'm saying yes to the big picture. And so to guard my time really critically, measure my time. We talk about all the, the measurement things about finances, your time, really keep track of that and focus focus on the things that are producing the most and stop jumping around chasing shiny objects. Yeah. Shiny objects is a big one. I hear from a lot of visionaries, but yeah, it's, it's focusing on where you can do the best, but at the same time, I would say from a business owner, it's handing those off those other things. It's not necessarily a no for the company. It's just a no personally of, Hey, I've got somebody else that yes, I could do that, but they can also do it for less or they can do it potentially even better kind of a thing and be able to hand that off is, is one of the really, to me, the keys for being able to grow. Uh, Jeff, that's a great point. And that's a really exciting point as a business guy. We think that we have to learn everything and know everything. But you know what's cool about running a business is you can get people that are better than you. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm the boss, but this dude does this way better than I do. <laughs> yeah, and that's really key is, is I forget what the, the comment was that if you're the, the smartest one in the, in the room, then you're probably in the wrong room kind of a thing there. You need to, <laughs> yeah. need to bring in some, some additional talent because we like to think we can do everything and own everything. And to some degree we can, but like you said, we can, we can be a lot more efficient, a lot, we can grow a lot better if we have smarter people around. Yeah, that's true. I'm more of a jack of all trades and the people I want to get in are, are experts at a few things. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we're unfortunately running out of time. There's a bunch of different ways I'd, I'd love to talk, but um, tell us a little bit more about the, the, the trading company here. If, if people are interested in learning more about trading or learning more about your system, where can they go find some more information or find you? Uh, well, they can get access to all of my brands and everything that I'm doing right now at my website, caseystubs.com. I also host a podcast called the How to Trade It podcast. You can get access to that at my website, caseystubs.com. You can reach me on Twitter. Uh, my, my, it's just Casey Stubbs is my username and LinkedIn. My username is Casey Stubbs. Those are the, my two most social platforms where I'm active. And so if you have any interest in business and scaling business, then go ahead and check me out on my website. Or if you have any interest in trading, uh, you can check me out on my website there also. Great. Yeah, we'll get all those all those links here in the show notes. You can look at that right here below and come check it out because, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting world for sure. So I appreciate the time today. Appreciate the insight and into the business. And hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again here soon. Thanks, Jeff. I had a great time. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. 
If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.